Hey everybody and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. What's up guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts and we're fired up about the Young Adults Today podcast. Thanks for tuning in and streaming. This is where we talk mm-hmm. about reaching the next generation in our world today. Mm-hmm. And we're joined by our friends, Aaron and Hannah. How are you guys? Hey, we're so great. This is such an honor. Thank you guys for having us. This is so awesome. So wow. excited to be here. And if you don't know them, they're a married couple. They're a dynamic duo. And we've never had a three-way call. So this is our first three-way call. (laughs) So it's super fun. So if you're streaming on YouTube, you're going to see three different parties kind of pop up. But we're all part of the same conversation. And if you want to lean in more to what we do and how we do it, every single Monday, we launch a new episode where you can tune in, you can rate, you can review, you can just let us know how we're doing, subscribe, and hopefully that you can glean some wisdom and knowledge, not only from us, hopefully, but hopefully the Holy Spirit downloads something to you well, from one of our listeners or from one of our authors, one of our pastors, leaders, friends, whoever's on the other side of that. And Josiah, for the listener who may be tuning in for the first time, who may not know who Aaron and Hannah are, do you want to introduce what they're doing, what God, what journey God has them on, and they will lean into their story right off the bat. Oh my gosh, it's exciting. We're joined, you guys, by great guests, as always. And uh, I'll talk about Hannah for a second and then Aaron, but Hannah is the CEO and founder of Generation Distinct. She's an author. She's written books. She also is um, a speaker, mm-hmm. travels across the country, and Aaron and Hannah also serve as the next gen directors of the Leadership Network, helping churches and church plants, and they have their hands in a lot of different things. But I'll say this about our guests is you're going to lead this conversation. If you're watching or listening, you're going to leave encouraged. Mm-hmm. And how I know that is every time Aaron or I have a call or we're at an event together, anytime my path has crossed with Aaron and Hannah's, I just levitate away. I feel <laughs> encouraged and just inspired. On cloud nine. Yeah. Yeah. This is so kind. They are such intentional encouragers. They're builders for the kingdom of God. And I'm going to kick it to you guys. Can you just maybe share the story of your lives and leadership with our uh, guests today? Go ahead. So generous. You're so generous, truly so kind. And we just think the world of both of you. And so we are honored to call you friends. We're honored to call you co-laborers in this work that we all are doing and Aaron and I also just love the way that you both work together um, as a couple that also you know is married and also leading in ministry together we know that is the best and most exciting and also most unique experience is working and being married and you all do it so beautifully Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. just love the way that you all model that So Aaron and I, you know, we have really different stories in a lot of ways. Um, My story is really a a lot of people who believed in me before I had any reason for them to. They saw something in me and they called it out. And a lot of those individuals spoke these, these words of potential, these words of life, these words of affirmation over me at a young age. And as I started to walk into them, I discovered that maybe just maybe 
a lot of this life of following Jesus and stepping into our callings and becoming leaders is not that we have to be made special. We have, we have to be made to be these different kinds of leaders, but what if it's way more about us identifying that God can use anybody, Mm -hmm. right? That God has placed within every single person, a potential, a calling, a wrong they were born to make right. And we simply get to respond to that invitation. Mm -hmm. And that's really my Mm -hmm. story. When I was 16 years old, God gave me a vision and I felt that he invited me to help my generation uh, discover the wrongs that they were born to make right. That if I could not only discover what I was called to, but what if my calling was to help other people discover their calling, but not just stop in the discovery, but to really equip them to walk into that? How much more could we see our world tra- change and transformed? And that was the first seed of what is now today the nonprofit that I run called Generation Distinct and Really, we do just that. We help young leaders all around the world identify the wrong they were born to make right, build a strategy to accomplish it, and then are unleashed in the world to do that. But it doesn't stop there. That happened when I was 16 was the original vision. Fast forward to when I was 20, I identified that a lot of the next generation they were not seeming to stay in the church like I was. And for me, that was kind of an interesting reality to 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 grapple with because i mm-hmm. i loved following jesus i i was excited about the mission of jesus and i really believe that because i was given a responsibility a a vision for how i could be a part of furthering the mission of jesus in the world i wanted to keep following jesus mm-hmm. but i recognized that wasn't happening for a lot of young leaders and so that kind of was the final piece of the vision that i felt god gave me was what if we could use the things that the next generation are already talking about in many reasons, many ways, in many moments, the very things the next generation are leaving the church to find, things like passion, mm-hmm. purpose, justice, goodness, changing the world. What if we could use those very things to bring them back into conversations about the one who mm-hmm. gave them those desires to to have a purpose, to have a passion, to change the world. What if we could do that? And that was kind of the final piece of Generation Distinct. So now we say we use conversations around passion, purpose, and justice to bring the next generation to conversations about Jesus, the gospel, and the Great Commission. And that really became our hearts. And um, then a couple of years later, after I started that, I started that when I was 20 years old. A few years after that, I was you know, passionate, very independent, single gal, just going after everything I felt God had called me to. And I happened to meet this guy at a conference. We were at a conference in Atlanta called Catalyst and up walks this guy named Aaron. And uh, man, not many people had caught my attention in that way. And there was just something about his heart that was amazing. And long story short of it, he can share more, but in my end, I was just struck with how similar our passions and callings were. And it got to the point where we just thought, I think we should probably do this together. And so ever since then, it has been such a joy and a privilege that in many ways, Aaron and I get to link arms to help unleash the callings of the next generation. And, and my heart comes from a lot of, I I had that. I had leaders who believed in me, who saw me from a young age. And so I want to give that to others. And I know for Aaron's story, um, it comes from a little bit of a different heart, but the same passion. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that, Hannah. I can share a quick part of my story. Uh, Grew up in the church, middle kid of five, uh, loved God as a kid. Um, And then when I was 18, 
to 23, I kind of went through a lot of hard struggles. Um, I actually didn't find the beauty and the life compelling message of Jesus as relevant to my life really anymore. And I started getting involved in just, um, just uh, toxic friend, friend groups, toxic circles. And uh, from 18 to 23, just, um, yeah, started pursuing a life that didn't look like Jesus. And, um, and uh, at, it all came to a head at 23. Um, I struggled with uh, major mental health and um, a crisis of just suicidal ideation, just really was at a really, really low point in my life. Um, some different trials that I was going through at the time, lost like two of my aunts within a couple weeks of each other. Um, uh, just a lot of heartbreak. I was in a four-year relationship was uh, that ended pretty poorly. Um, and then just uh, as a result, just uh, crashed my car going, you know, 70 miles an hour, uh, flipped my car. Uh, it was a pretty tragic accident, just walked away from it. The cop was like, I don't even know how you're here, how you're even living today and um it was my aunt's car at the time and it was a little bumper sticker at the back of my car um it said life is short pray hard there's a god and it was just like this immediate moment of just like okay i think god is getting my attention here um long story short uh just couldn't play football put a lot of identity in football at the time and uh moved down to south carolina got involved in a young adults community and uh, I grew up in a very structured, uh, I grew up fundamental Baptist and whatnot. And so um, just Jesus was packaged a little bit differently. And so um, when I went down to this young adult community, I was just kind of, um, yeah, in shock around just the authenticity of people, the passionate worship for Jesus, the culture of humility, the culture of just like, really trying to get to know who people were and through their struggles and their pain. And the only way to really describe my life at the time was like, if someone picked up a vase and just dropped it and I was over here just trying to put it back together. And so, um, yeah, at 23, I walked up to this, uh, front row at a young adult community. Uh, it was my fourth week. And I was like, all right, God, if you really exist, I'm going to walk up to that front row and worship as if you do. And so uh, just was wrecked with God's presence. And ever since then, became a, a raging evangelist, just love God, love people, trying to call the greatness out of people, um, trying to really connect. Um, I feel like uh, that one thing I really care about is to de desperately connect with other people. Yeah, And uh, my dad taught me as a kid, like live your life with your eyes wide open because there's people hurting all around you. Right. And so um, I, I try to put that into practice every day of, hey, what, what is someone going through today? How can I make their day better? How can I call greatness out of someone? Because they're always built for something next. And so where they are is not where they're going to be. And so there's always more to the story. And so um, that's a little bit about Aaron Barnett. So. That's so good. You guys, thank you for sharing your story. And I think you connect with a lot of our listeners. And even if they're not in leadership or doing similar things to what maybe some of us are doing here right now, but they do um, they do have a heart for Christ. They do have a story. They do come from different backgrounds. They have different exposures through different um, packages of how they received Christ, right? The, how God was packaged or Jesus was packaged mm -hmm. for them. And I just think that that's a great reminder just to lean into. Um, everybody has a story. 
And every single one of us has a calling and we get to call the greatness in each other as Christ followers. And not just from a platform mm-hmm. or a stage, but even our friendships and our right. relationships. Right. And I just think it's so fun. And we're going to do, um, I'm going to have Hannah ask, uh, answer one question. And I think Josiah has one for Aaron, but Hannah, I'd just be so curious to see, like, what do you wish that every young adult knew about Jesus in the church? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you wish that they knew right off the bat? Micah, I'm so grateful that I get to share this because I believe this is what I was created for is to speak this message. And that is that I truly do believe to the very core of who I am, that within every single human being that there is a wrong that they were born to make right. I have this this vision that I felt God give me a couple of years ago and I always go back to it. And I'm not going to say it's exactly how the world started, but it's almost this gift to me of, of this picture of God's intentionality over his children. I have this vision that before the world ever came to be that, that God, the father, God, the spirit and God, the son are all sitting around this table. And I'm just picturing it. They're somewhere up in heaven and they're having a great time. And and next to them is this, is this huge whiteboard. And I picture that one by one, they go through every single name of every single child that they would create that would one day inhabit this earth that they are building. And as they, as they write the name on the whiteboard, I picture them smiling reflecting on something unique and beautiful and quirky Mm -hmm. about the personality Mm -hmm. that that individual is going to have the stories they know they're going to experience the the people they know they're going to touch and I picture them putting them all up on this whiteboard and then they start connecting them with these arrows and circles and lines and all of a sudden what was once just a list of names is now a web of impact and one story is not just a story, but rather it's the name of a person who will one day impact one person, who will impact another person, who will impact another person, who will impact another person. And in this moment where I'm picturing them all standing back and looking at this web of story and impact and legacy, it just reminds me, it's this visual picture for me that there is not a last minute addition in this world. There is not one person who is an extra piece or just slipped on in or was an accident, but every single person from the very beginning of time was known, was expected, was foretold, was planned for. And there is a purpose for every Mm -hmm. single person's life. And it's not a purpose of just existing. It's not a purpose of just being happy or just finding the the perfectly balanced life, but rather it's, it's this life of purpose that all the things that you dream of if you're a young person listening to this, if you're if you if you're dreaming of changing the world, if you're longing to make an impact, if you have these these visions of how you can have a life larger than yourself, the reason that you have those is not because the world's telling you to have that. It's because there's a God who created you for that. Right. It's because deep within mm-hmm. you that is written on your heart and your soul. It's part of your DNA and your infrastructure. And so I just want to encourage every young person watching this right now, listening to this. There is a wrong you were born to make right. And it's not Mm -hmm. a threat to your relationship with Jesus. If you want to pursue that 
and, and find your purpose and change the world. Rather, that will bring you into experiencing more depth in your relationship with Jesus than ever before. That's so good. You are not forgotten. That's what keeps coming to my mind. Like, yeah, exactly what Hannah was talking about. Like you are not forgotten to to who God created you to be and start discovering elements of yourself that at the end of us is just the beginning of God and what he wants to do Mm. through you with teaming up with the father, son, and the Holy spirit in that process. And I love that visual that God has given you. Oh man. It it fires me up. Hannah. I, I love how you've coined that phrase and just shared it of there's a wrong that you were born to make right. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's so important for the next generation that, yes. you know, even, even Dr. James Chung, he with, um, mm-hmm. yes, university, he's, he said that at yes. the core of every generation, there's a question. Mm-hmm. And for yes. back in the day, there was like boomers and their question was like, what is true? Mm-hmm. And I think it was Gen mm-hmm. X that was like, well, what is real? And for yes. our generation as millennials, many times the question at the core of our generation is, mm-hmm. you know, what's good? And Gen yes. Z that's now stepping yes. into leadership many times for the first time is they're asking what's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And what's that's crazy right. about the gospel is it's an yes. intergenerational story to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's right. God's design that. <laughs> right gospel does answer the question what's so good. the gospel does answer the question what's come on bro and what's real and what's good and, and what's, what's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. and so yes. i i love it and, and it's there's nothing wrong with asking a question if you're wrestling right. some of those things um i think that this is a great conversation to have and flipping that a little bit talking to the leader for just a second Aaron. i know that you and hannah both have the privilege of ministering to a, a lot of young adults in the next generation through Generation Distinct, your nonprofit, but also through things like Leadership Network. Um, you're helping church planters and really people in leadership better understand and engage younger generations. And um, I would just be curious, Aaron, what do you wish that every church leader knew about the next generation? Man, this is a, this is a fantastic question. I feel like a lot of Zoom calls and phone calls that we get to hop on with ministry leaders, a lot of people are processing this this question out, right? Um, I, I don't think, you know, I, I want to come from a humble approach. I don't think I have the answer, um, but I might have a specific lane or insight maybe to what every senior leader uh, needs to maybe know about the next generation. Um, one is, um, what really strikes me is in Luke chapter five, uh, Jesus with Peter and the story of Peter fishing, right. And, and Jesus comes to Peter and Peter, they're like fishing all night with his boys. And Jesus is like, just cast your net down on the other side. And they do it. And they catch so much fish that Peter has to call his other brothers over to pull all the fish up in, on the other boat. And what's really interesting about this story is in Luke chapter five, uh, at the end of the story, uh, Jesus says, and he looks at Peter, he says, you're going to be a fisher of men. And he doesn't say, go and build bigger boats to catch bigger fish. He doesn't say, build stronger nets. He says, Peter, you're going to be a fisher of men. And Peter drops his net and he follows Jesus And I think what's fascinating about the next generation that every senior leader needs to understand is that they want to not only be led, 
but they want to be co-creators with you with a great commission. Good. And the next generation is consumed with building. They are consumed with being pioneers. They are consumed with doing things different, thinking through individualism and thinking through uniqueness and beauty, like you said. And so I think what I would love to communicate to the next, uh, the senior leaders above me is trust. I think there is um, a part of every leader's journey where we, as millennials, maybe you guys would resonate with this. We would come to senior leaders and we would say, hey, we would love to create this. We would love to do this. And we would frustrate so many senior <laughs> pastors and senior leaders that that's just not what we're doing here. And I think millennials have picked up the baton to be, mon to be people that monetize things. And that's why we saw the huge drastic which was social media trends and right. people starting nonprofits and businesses outside of the local church. And I think when it comes down to the next generation that senior leaders need to know that the next generation is multifaceted, multi-passionate. Uh, they want to be co-creators with you, uh, co-producers with you. Um, I give this analogy often that um, most organizations are set up with a giant triangle, right? And that uh, it's top-down approach. But I feel like the next generation wants to see leadership pipelines, healthy leadership structures where there's someone leading it, but it, they're barely recognized and it's more wide approach and leading together, creating collaborative movements, right. creating engagement in different sects of society, and so I feel like the next generation is all about how do we co-create together? How do we co-produce together? Uh, Terry Parman, he is a leader in Minneapolis that I deeply respect. He talks about that Gen Z was raised in a digital era. And um, he talks about that they want to be co-producers and co-creators as well. And so I feel like when it comes down to the next generation, we have to be leaders, senior leaders that trust deeply, look at the next generation, say, come follow me. How do I take you on a catalytic journey called the Great Commission? How do I send you out into society with the tools, the, the things that you need to see this world transform like Jesus? And so I think that's what I would say is how do we elevate? How do we raise the next generation to stand on our shoulders? Mm -hmm. I was in the back of a green room one time with a senior leader and I, I said, hey, what would you tell to an emerging leader? This was, you know, he's a global senior pastor. And um, he said, man, if I could give you any advice, just dream a dream so big that other people drop, find their dream within yours. Good. And I just think when it comes down to the next generation, it's, how do we dream a dream that's so big that the next generation can find their space to flourish and thrive? So. That's so good. Aaron, I think that's a great, a great question and a great canvas that we get to be a part of the story. Like, I feel like it's a blank canvas. Yes. We get to start leading into the Holy Spirit and to see what he wants to do. And we need to be leaders and people of prayer, but also people of giving others opportunity, handing the baton, putting yes. on our shoulders, coming alongside, linking arms, allowing them to fail. You know, like you have an idea. Okay. We'll give it a whirl. And if it, we flop on our faces, well, we tried it. We did it together. We're going to get right. up and, mm -hmm. and figure something else out, you know, because something's yes. not going to stick forever, no matter what it is. It's, 
It's a yeah. fad. It's a phase. It's a trend. It's whatever. It's it's yesterday yeah. old news. But souls are still getting saved in the process, even when ministry may not right. have been done the best because the word does not come back void. It's good, right? And, um, so on. I just think that's just super fun to recognize. Like you yes. know what? God doesn't need me, but if He can use a donkey, He can use me. You know. <laughs> so I just think absolutely. That's super fun. Oh my gosh, to recognize those things and. We're going to unpack the final five questions. We're going to give you each 30 seconds because there's two of you. Let's go. Are you ready for the five in five? So we have five yes. minutes. Let's five. do it. We'll do ladies first and then we'll just kind of okay. pick between you two. How's that? Let's so I'll kick off question it. one. Hannah will answer first and then Aaron, you chime in. Um, but Hannah, what is something that you're into right now as a fun hobby outside of ministry? Snowboarding. It's Ooh. summer, so we're missing it. But Aaron and I love snowboarding. Last year, we invested all of our like extra fun hobby money in getting all new gear. And so we're so excited for, for winter to come back. Strangely enough, living up in the north so we can snowboard more. That's good. All right, Aaron, yes. what's your answer? Yeah, I I have this very unique, fun hobby. I grew up create create in creative spaces, and so I love to design shoes. Um, learning even more about the design process, um, just thinking through like where could I could where can I take shoe design to next levels, and so I love designing shoes. So. That's fun. fun fact. Yeah, it is. And I've seen some of them on Aaron Barnett's Instagram. He has designed some really cool Air Force Ones, some just oh, yeah, some uh, amazing. Yeah, next level <laughs> shoes for sure. Um They're fire. What, <laughs> what about so we're in Minneapolis? You guys are in Chicago at the moment. Do you guys have a favorite sports team, each of you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm so this is funny. I'm a big Chicago Cubs fan. I mean, you have to be. It's iconic. It's so fun. And we live really close to Wrigley Field. So Aaron and I can bike to the field and it's just the best environment. We love it over there. So I'm a Cubs fan, but my dad is from Ohio. And so we were raised with some Ohio sports and some Chicago sports. And so I'm also an Ohio State Buckeye fan. So I love college football. So that's my college football team of choice. Love it. Yeah, I would say, uh, sad to say, but I live in Chicago, but go Pack. And uh, I think the Packers maybe beat the Bears this last week. Oh, so, my goodness. Stop. Uh, Stop. Yeah, that was I a love painful the moment. Are you a Packers fan. fan? I am. So we are divided um, Packers and Vikings fans. Yes. So I'm, you get it. Oh, yeah. You live from it. North Dakota, so we didn't even have a state to choose from. Like, there's no state. <laughs> there's no representation from our state of North Dakota, so... I jumped on the cheese head wagon back in fourth grade. So that's where it all started. Yeah. But here's the curveball. Speaking of baseball, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys could ask us one question, what would you ask us today? Maybe Hannah, you want to ask me one and Aaron, you want to ask Josiah. We'll mix it up. That's really great. How's that? Okay. This is the question I would ask. We're a couple that do ministry together. You're a couple that do ministry together. But, um, not everyone people can see it from the outside and think oh it's just natural it's just easy what's the biggest lesson you have learned about working well together while being married oh man um I think empower the other one to function in their gift and their skill sets because when I'm weak and what I do not enjoy Josiah thrives in and vice versa Mm -hmm. And yes. he's a words of affirmation person. So I realized like even in the workforce, even in our marriage, if I'm not affirming him through 
um, the production mm-hmm. side of whatever's coming out, like through words of affirmation, um, I can see him be like deflate throughout the yeah. day or throughout the project, mm-hmm. the season that we're in. So just allowing him to do what he's called to do within the ministry lane that we're discovering together. That's and so when we do that, I think we in our hearts, the ministry, our family, our children, we're more in cadence with each other. So we're like kind yes. of on a tandem bike where I'm not slamming on the brakes or expecting <laughs> him to function one way and I'm functioning mm-hmm. another. Like yes. learning how to empower each other in our skill sets and not apologizing for who we're not in the process mm-hmm. um, because there's so much to do. So it's like, who can we empower outside of us that wants to come mm-hmm. along. Like we talked about the greater um, yes. picture of things. So I think that's what I've learned um, and to love them in the process of not mm-hmm. understanding um, <laughs> or having them discover, you know? So it's like, yes. you know what? I don't need to hold on to anybody's reins. Like, <laughs> yes. I love that's it. That's a great so question, Micah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's- I, I think the, I have two questions and I want to ask them actually both, but um, I think the one that I would love to ask you, bro, is how do you stay culturally discerning? I think in today's mm. context, information is at an all-time high, and it passes through multiple streams of layers. And so how do you stay like culturally mm. discerning with information and to be... Um, culturally sensitive with it as well Mm, that's good that is a good question i think of right off the bat the men of issachar they understood Mm. the times and they knew what to do and um kind of had this spiritual gift it would seem to almost like be able to peek around the corner or to see Mm. into the future and it was just um at a buddy's house and his mom pulled us aside like a small group of us and he, um, we were on their boat and and she just pulled us aside and she said, I have a word for you that you guys are showing young men their futures. Wow. Wow. And that was a few, that was like a few weeks ago, but mm-hmm. I feel like I've been chewing on that or processing that and just seeing mm-hmm. like, wow. is this mine to receive or not? And, and I really think that it is like, um, some of the ministry that the four of us are going to be doing in a listener as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even exist yet. Because that's what apostleship is. That's what pioneering, breaking new ground and just being a pioneer. And so I would say when it comes to the information piece of it, um, Liz Wiseman wrote a book called Rookie Smarts. And I actually heard her speak at the Global Leadership Summit and was reading that book. And it's a few years old already, but she was saying in the introduction of first few Mm -hmm. chapters that like half of the internet will be expired and extinct in less than 365 days. So in a content creating culture, we are creating yesterdays. Like look at Instagram stories. They last at most 24 hours and then it's vanished. So vanishing, there's a case that what's viral today vanishes tomorrow anyway. So it can either be like chasing the wind or we can ask the question, what matters most mm. and what lasts forever or what lasts wow. longer Come than yeah. yeah. And so I think that, that so good. that's my mindset of when it comes to yeah. people of just because they have a blue check mark or they're verified, yes. doesn't right. yes. an expert on every topic. Mm. I would just say when it comes to information, what matters most and what is going to last forever. Mm. Fantastic. That's great. Wow. 
this is fun. I'm taking we, notes. No, this is fun because for me, we never know what's going to come. So it keeps that's me. That's such a great idea. I love that. We might have yeah, to do that great. for our show. That's some, that's some good wisdom right there. Okay. What lasts forever. Um, Question four. I know that you guys love to travel and yes. you could go, let's say next year, 2023, that one place that you haven't traveled yet. Where would you guys want to go? Where We're both we city people. We both really love cities. So there are so many cities you want to see. I've been to London, but I really want to go back with Aaron because he would love it. I was there for one day by myself, but just the culture, the fashion, the pace, the architecture, the just the aura of London, Aaron would just love it. So I would love to go back and take him with me. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think I think a cool place I've always had on my bucket list um, is to see the lavender fields of Scotland. I know that sounds like wild, but I heard the the smell and the aroma of lavender is just unbelievable. And it's just like so beautiful. And so I would love it to go and check that place out one day. I love it. That's so good. Last and final question. If you can leave the listener with one piece of encouragement, what would you want to say to them today? Hmm. Go ahead, Hannah. I would say that you are worthy of being believed in. And it's not because of anything that you're going to do or anything that you could earn or anything that you could accomplish but rather I believe because you carry the image of God in you that you are fully capable of saying yes to the call of God on your life. And if you have no one else in your life that has told you this listener, then I believe in you. And even if I don't know you, I know the image of God in you. I know that he's created you. I know that he has a purpose for you. And so I believe in what God has called you to. And I believe that he can give you the power and the strength to walk into it. That's Mm. so good. Right. Yeah, that's so good. I would say your pain is your purpose. Um, mm. I think we were meant to connect with people. And I think yes. um, that vulnerability is a strength. Um, and I think we as leaders and young people are maybe depleted and we just need to be mm. known and seen. And, um, and I think pain can be your purpose. So how do you channel your pain? to connect with people, to, to have deep level conversations with people with, instead of keeping surface conversations around, how are you? What do you do? How do you get to that third level conversations around where you, where do you struggle the most? Like, and figuring out how to connect with people through pain. Um, And so I would, I would say channel your pain because uh, it can That's it can good. lead to great connection so yes amazing you guys what <laughs> an invigorating conversation I'm fired up and I know that um, you guys are just leading the way in so many ways reaching the next mm-hmm. generation and equipping others to do the same and so Hannah Aaron we love you guys and we love uh, you. for your time today such so an honor great. thanks so much we for appreciate having us. you both so much thanks for leading the way in so many ways Absolutely. You bet. And if you're listening, you want to find out more about Generation Distinct, the Leadership Network, or Aaron and Hannah, we'll put some links in the show notes. And you can find out more on Instagram as well at youngadults.today. Until next time, this is Josiah Micah saying see you later.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Adult Today Podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone you know.